The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. We are jump-starting our motors here. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to Radio's Hour of Power at Star Style. Be the star you are, a program of positive book talk with authors and experts. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are your personal growth success coaches here with you on the airwaves every week. We're a show about following your heart, doing what you love. It is like champagne for the spirit. In today's show, Heather and I are going to be talking about the she economy, how women are the decision makers when it comes to dollars and cents in our T for Two segment. Then public speaker Blair Singer joins us in segment two with his book, Little Voice Mastery. It's going to be how to win that war between your ears, followed by Ronnie Lambert's relationship book, Reversed the Cure and how he grew up on the streets and what it's meant to him today. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Carmony Collection, handmade handbags for every lady in your life. Visit CarmonyCollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. And this is from Dale Carnegie. You can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can make in two years by trying to get people interested in you. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's all about awesome. being being who you are and showing other people you care. Well, it is the rise of the she economy. Women are using their rapidly increasing spending power to impel changes in the way that companies operate. In 2009, the United States workforce became finally 50% female, with women holding 49% of all non-labor jobs, I mean non-farm labor jobs, and 51.5% of high-paying management and professional professions. And for every two guys that graduate from college, three women are graduating. Now, that's almost exactly opposite of what happened 30 years ago. So how is it that women are in control of the purse strings and they are probably the ones that are going to have to see the economy that is on the rise? What do you have to say to us? Exactly. Well, there's a lot of exciting things going on in the, um, kind of the inside the world 
of women entrepreneurs. And women are now um, more in the dominant force of small business ownership, and they're succeeding in this industry that was once kind of taboo for a woman. Um, you know, before the thought of a woman um, owning her own business, that having people you know working under her, that just didn't exist. And now in today's society, it is. Um, it's a realization, and for a lot of things, as you've seen, there's a big attraction to this, um, you know, do-it-yourself industry. These people of how, follow your dreams, you know, figure out what you want to do, find your passion. So a lot of things, you know, these little small up-and-coming or little boutiques grow and become big companies. You see a lot, you know, of kids' clothing, cupcake stores. I mean, between 1997 and 2006, it just it boomed up. I think it said something along the lines of 42% versus 23%, um, as it had been 30 years ago, of women having their own business and these um, small entrepreneurial startup companies. And it's an estimated that um, I think something about 10.4 million um, women out there are in the workforce working with these companies, and they're bringing in 1.9 trillion dollars to um, the economy every year. So, yeah, and, and you know, again, I I read too that 13 trillion dollars is the estimated amount that women earned globally in 2009. I mean, that's on a global basis. Yeah. And they're saying by 2014 that women will be earning $18 trillion and that in the United States, 51.3% of all the private wealth is owned by women. That's a real change. Yeah. And, you know, and the big thing, too, is you know, it is such a competitive market. It's before... You know, you needed to have a college, you needed to have a high school degree, then you needed a college, now you need a master's, and so on. Um, and it's really about, you know, there are always those, you know, few cases of people that can rise all above, but it's really kind of finding the right niche um, and giving yourself the opportunity to succeed. And so, you know, a way women are becoming more dominant is really looking at their statistics, looking at their work field. So, um, kind of, you know, using employment statistics that see jobs where women face you know, less discrimination, um, they're going to find more business opportunities. So in those places, you know, that women will out, um, you know, kind of outperform men when they're less likely um, to be up against these opportunities where it's, you know, the good old boys club where there aren't, uh, that there may be opportunity for growth, but maybe um, there is that kind of underlying sexism. So finding, you know, not only those things of, you know, starting their own companies, but finding a niche where there's going to be ability to succeed, where, you know, they've done away with, um, you know, certain discriminatory things or that there seems to be, you know, a need more for, you know, women in that um, type of job field too. And then also, you know, most women, um, there's still, you know, the, the money gap difference about, you know, 71 cents to every dollar, um, the men, but Certain industries that pay women the most money are also the ones um, owned by women or where women are finding the most opportunities. Um, so that's the big thing of you know, avoiding, really find your niche, really find what statistical-wise are in it. And I think also about there has to be the kind of woman that knows they're going to succeed. And I think there's definitely traits someone needs to have. Um, you know, one thing of all kind of personal job being a hard worker is you know, giving it all you got. When you think of what makes a powerful woman, do you, you know, envision someone who's attained success, who's gone to school for it, who has that drive, that power? I think really, you know, since we're so fresh in that new year, um, if someone's looking to get into that market, 
and think um, you kind of need to set up that business plan for yourself of what's going to make you a powerful or what's going to make you um, attractive to the job force. And in my little research, I actually kind of found out of um, there was eight traits um, I kept seeing people. Ooh, I kind of love that. I love what you talking about. So one, so first one was someone who's willing to give it all you got. So a powerful woman is someone who can take any task at hand without question and without complaint. So, you know, just taking something, putting your own spin in it, finding, you know, sometimes if you don't succeed in something through that, um, you know, first attempt, that first failure, you find other methods, ways. And therefore, you know, never, the second thing, never giving up. As you said, I said, we've come so far, women, in the workplace and succeeding and um, being more successful than things, but you have to understand you're going to experience um, adversity. And, um, you know, just have to go after things that you want. If you decide this is your passion, this is your vision, um, you need to stick with that vision and just realize that this is going to be there for you. One, also speaking your mind. Um, you know, the kind of the thing of you'll never get something unless you ask for it. And also in those big business meetings when um, topics come up, don't be afraid to put yourself out there because sometimes, you know, things happen that you may share your visions with other coworkers and other people um, will hear those and speak up before you. So make sure you're not afraid to speak your mind. Um, make sure, you know, you're not going to worry about, you know, be tasteful with it and think of things constructively. But don't I want worry. to jump in there because what I'm going to jump in about is exactly yeah. what uh, what I think is important. It is said that the one trait that women need to do more is interrupt more, just like I just jumped in. Yeah, is that in a business meeting, women tend to be more courteous and they you know they step back and they let men talk, whereas men are constantly interrupting each other to get their point across and. Uh, this has been one of the traits that is said that if you really want to be successful, without being rude, you have to be able to get your point across by jumping in and interrupting and just keeping the stage and, you know, making yourself seem larger than you possibly are. Women, you know, tend to cross their legs and cross their arms. Instead, spread out. <laughs> spread out. Look big. Look powerful, you know, and that, that is something that helps a lot in business. Okay, continue on your talk. Yeah, no, and that's exactly another you know, thing is to uh, just you know, kind of summing up, too, is also you know, just standing up for yourself. Don't be afraid. You know, stand up for what you believe in. If you think what your vision is is going to be successful or you believe in it, stand up for it. Really, you know, show your core of it. Um, well, you know, I want to say something just in that, too, because, you know, I do a lot of writing for, for different uh, newspapers and periodicals, and one of the things I did at the first of the year is – I sent out a letter because I love what I'm doing, but asking for a raise in pay. And today I got emails that I got it. So, awesome. So, but, you know, you can't help but have doubts and think, oh, gosh, are, are they going to fire me now because I asked for that? I mean, I think that it always helps to ask. You know, again, we'll be talking with Blair Singer in our, second, in our next uh, segment about that little voice that tries to sabotage you, you know. But, you know, we do have to stick up for ourselves when we know we're doing something that is well done, we need to ask for what we need. Exactly. And that's one thing also, you know, I think what, what to get out there of how you're asking for things is show yourself to in, inspiring yourself as well as others and being able to take any negativity and finding a creative spin on it, you know, turning that failure into fertilizer and also being willing to share that power too. Just as you had said earlier that you make, you know, you make more friends being interested in others than just in yourself. Be willing to come with other people have ways to improve your vision or, 
you know, uh, things going successful, you can not always just be a one-man army. Um, so be willing, you know, to also allow yourself to get, you know, uh, help and assistance or thing. And that's a big thing, too, is making a difference in the life of others. Make sure what you're doing, you know, is rewarding to yourself. And if you're starting in a company, if you're part And women of are very good in that light. And I wanted to add a couple other things that yeah. is really changing in the economy with women because... You know, it's so often that women are just looked at as being, you know, the, once especially they're married and they have children, that they're only going to be the caregivers or the moms. And, you know, of course, being a mom is one of the greatest gifts and jobs in the world. But an interesting statistic is, is that mothers of children under the age of six who work outside the home, back in 1975, there were only 39% of people. Now, back in the 50s, it was less than 1% of mothers. So this is how it's changing. In 2008, 64% of women who had young children were working outside the home. And for those who were working in the home, this is part of the she economy again, many of them created home-based businesses or worked in some kind of franchise, you know, where uh, they were mm-hmm. able to to sell products and to make a certain amount of income, which I think is just great that, that women are not seeing themselves as just, you know, being in the kitchen and having babies, that they really are in the competitive market. And then one other thing, and then I want to get back to you, Heb, is the um, social networking. One of the weapons that women are using better than men are is the social networks, and that's just not just online. I'm not talking about just online. I'm talking about girls' night out and other kinds of organizing tools, you know, garden clubs, whatever. Uh, they have book clubs. Women say, seem to network a bit more, and of the more than 500 million people that are on Facebook, for example, 62% of them are women, and they are sharing a lot of things that boost their business. So that is boosting the economy. Yeah, and, you know, and that's a big thing, too, of, you know, for getting back to you know, the whole thing about being a mother is a fantastic and such a number one job. Um, but I feel, you know, for some women who either have to, you know, financially have to work outside of the workplace, um, and then there's also ones that want to. Some people, that isn't the need that they don't need to go back to work, but they really want to, and I think that's a real key thing that, I think you can be a really um, successful parent, you know, you're great when you allow for yourself, you know, that inner reward too, and then as well for your children. And this is that such, um, finding that happy medium, I know a lot of people have just become recent parents of trying to find that, that they want to go back to the workplace or they'd like to make an extra income, but they don't want to leave their children behind, of starting these home businesses. And now it's that you can do so many things from home, having that home office, um, making websites and making this girl connection, and that's a great thing regarding um, the social networking. And a lot of times, these things, these you know, these you can have these sample parties and going to other women's houses and kind of really just having a girls' club type thing. And these are huge businesses. It starts back, you know, back in the Tupperware party days to the Mary Kay of this is women really making their own income, and these businesses thrive because women. Um, you know, they do well around other women when they want to purchase, you know, cosmetics, beauty. That industry will always be successful. Well, in addition um, to that, Heather, women make the buying decisions in their family structure, too. That It's interesting with women who are 
making uh, half of the income in the household. They're usually making most of the monetary decisions. In a household where each parent or each person, I shouldn't say parent, but each person is making, you know, half of it, they're both, they're not a sole breadwinner, neither the man or the woman, then they usually divide up the decision-making on purchases like a third, a third, and a third. But 22% of households studied where the wife earns more. She made more than twice as many decisions as her husband. And this was put out by um, the, uh, the statistics on the Labor Bureau. And so I think that was that's a very, very interesting thing. And they're making calls when men would traditionally have made things like, you know, made those kind of decisions. For example, in automotive things, women will go in and they don't need everything to be touchy-feely like many of the advertisers think, but they really just want to know that they're going to get a good job done and that they can trust people. So in any case, the growing power is going to women. So all of you who have businesses out there, learn how to woo women and learn how to work with women because women do have the power. So, Heather, give out the website. Most definitely. We want you to check that. Go to be the star you com, both with a K, and myspace.com forward slash carmonyclutches, both with a K. And when we return from the break, we're going to quiet that negative voice inside our head that I was talking about a little bit earlier when Blair Singer joins us with his book, Little Voice Mastery. You're going to be able to win the war in just a few seconds. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are, and we'll be right back. Don't you go away. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach, and thanks for staying tuned to our Hour of Power, where we bring you the authors and the experts that share the spotlight and shine their genius on all of us. Well, everybody has that little voice that's in our head, and it is very destructive. It dashes your hopes and dreams of doing something great, but there is a way that we can stop the chatter. Blair Singer has written a terrific little book called Little Voice Mastery, How to Win the War Between Your Ears in 30 Seconds or Less and have an extraordinary life. Welcome, Blair, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Well, thank you, Cynthia. It's an honor to be on the show. Well, thank you for writing this book. I know this is your third one. You are the CEO of Sales Partners Worldwide, so you travel around the world inspiring others to be the stars that they are. You are you're really the personal growth trainer here. And the roadblock that we all face, and I talked about this a little bit in our first segment, is that whenever we want to do something, we have this little voice that fights with us that will tell us we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we don't, it's not the right time. It, and somehow it's want, trying to sabotage us all the time. So tell us, how do we begin that reprogramming process? Well, it's a great question. You're absolutely right. I mean, people have great plans, and I love what you say to the star you are because the truth of it is most people way underestimate what they have to offer, way underestimate their abilities and capabilities because of just like what you said is that little voice that goes, you're not smart enough, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too old, you're too young, you're too whatever. And it just gets in the way and ultimately what happens is a person devalues themselves and the gift or the book or the whatever it is, the business they want to build just never gets out there. And you're, you're absolutely right. I think the first step it's to, A, realize you got one. I mean, a little voice that is. Now, that is so great. The first step. I mean, that is like, you know, it is the beginning of every journey, right? That's it. You know, and most people have the, we all have the chatter, but most people believe it all, and they believe that's all really them. And the truth of it is, is that that's, those little vo- negative little voices are simply composites of your parents and teachers and friends and media and old experiences that don't apply anymore, but we're still operating on that. And, and, and the first step, like I said, realize, A, you've got one, B, that you've got the ability to change the thought, and then to have a good technique or two, depending upon what the negative little voice is, to override it. Well, you know, one thing I think is really critical that you bring out, and that is, is that everybody has these voices, because so often we, we see these really powerful people, they seem so well put together, well spoken, the world seems to be going great for them, and we think they've got, you know, everything by the tail, but the reality is I personally haven't ever met anyone that didn't have doubts at some point or another. The thing is, is that they were willing to move forward on them and right. to trust in their, their inner gut That's right. and not listen to that negative voice. So what they have done is they have mastered that negativity to go on to, like, you know, face your fear, I guess that would be a, a good way of putting it. Well, yeah, that. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, that's part of it. I mean, and there's a little voice sneaks up on you in a lot of different ways, you know, in, in terms of setting a goal and getting it, facing fear, could be in just being able to be at peace with yourself, to be able to get work done. So there's lots of things. It comes in in a lot of different ways. And, and I think that 
what you're saying is true. A lot of it is fear-driven, and as you also said, it's natural. We all have the, the fears. We all have them. The question is, what do you do when it comes up? A, do you recognize it? And B, do you apply a technique to do it? You know, my website, I, got, I have a free diagnostic there where people can and go that there. that is a great diagnostic. Give that out. Blair oh, yeah. Singer. It's at, at www.blairsinger.com. Pretty easy to remember. And it's a free diagnostic. And you take the diagnostic, and in a couple of minutes, it'll tell you which little voice is shooting you in the foot and which one's actually working in your favor and very, very quickly. Then at that point, you have an assessment. Okay, this is the one I need to watch out for. This is the one that's actually working for me, that's boosting me ahead and encouraging me, and this is what I need to do to work on that as well to leverage it. Well, one thing you talk about in your book, and we're talking with author Blair Singer. His newest book is Little Voice Mastery. You may know him from other books that he has written. Uh, He was the author of Sales Dogs and the ABCs of Building a Business Team That Wins. And as you know, he has built many teams that win and has these great franchises across across the world. But in Little Voice Mastery, one of the things that you really talk about is the importance of having a mentor or somebody that you can go to when you're having these voices and say, hey, what's going on here? Somebody that kind of reins you back and you have... You have your mentors that help you. Absolutely, and I think that I, you know, my life, I think I've really been blessed. I don't know that I'm that smart, but I know that I've had, been blessed with some incredible mentors and teachers, and it seems I always attract the ones that like to kick my butt, if you know what I mean. But isn't that, <laughs> that's a good thing. That's I know. a good thing. I know, but, you, but we grow up, and here's another little voice issue. We grow up and go through school, and we are conditioned and programmed to do things on our own, that, you're, that, if, you can't, that if you seek outside help, there's something wrong with you and that's really that's absolutely backwards i mean the truth of it is there's no there's nobody out there that excels in anything whether it's business sports finance personal you know personal relationships that doesn't have a team that doesn't have great counseling that i mean that's what you do you're a lifestyle coach you're a uh, personal development coach too and you and you know that in fact for me i don't think i'd ever be able to do what i do if i didn't have somebody that was able to read my little voice say that's your little voice here's how you reprogram here's the discipline to go through it those kinds of things. Absolutely, absolutely correct on that. Well, and you talk a lot about accountability, which is crucial. And it's something that is lacking very much today in with many people, especially when people work for a company. They think they're working for the company. And it's always been my assessment that when we're accountable, we are always independent contractors. No matter who signs that paycheck, we are working for ourselves. And it's crucial if you want to be successful in life, that you have to develop that kind of mind attitude. That's right. That would be responsible. You talk about a code of honor and how a code of honor protects me from me, you say. <laughs> I really true. like that. I well, like that. Well, it's true. I mean, you, get, you admit, I mean, Cynthia, I'm sure you've got the same thing. It's kind of like, you know, some, we are our own worst enemy, and I admit it. I know it. I know that the only thing that stops me is what's going on between my ears. So as a result of that, one thing I learned a long time ago from one of my teachers is that all great teams, cultures, civilizations, religions, whatever, have an internal set of rules like a code of honor, like the Ten Commandments is a code of honor. Uh, you know, you the Marine Corps. The Marines have, have theirs. Yeah, they have their code of honor. But it's the rules that you are willing to hold true and hold yourself accountable to, and that's why it's so great to have a team because 
as a team, we have a common code, and we continue to police and support each other in that thing. And I, like I said, I think you're right. The accountability is not just accountability to your boss. It's accountability to yourself, to your team, to your family, to everybody else. Because at the end of the day, Cynthia, it's a, it's about being authentic. It's about being who you are. You got it. That's yeah. the whole idea. Be the star you are. That's, That's what it's about. Totally uh, it. And that most is, people no, are and afraid that is, to do that. It's about being authentic, being real, having integrity, walking the talk. That's um, right. This is what you write about. This right. is what your the book Blair Singer's book Little Voice Mastery. This is what he can show you in very easy techniques. Right. Let's talk about some of these very simple techniques. Well, one I want to start off because I loved this one. It was to take 60 seconds uh, or two minutes and brag about yourself. You know, <laughs> I don't know too many people who can do that. That's <laughs> it's, it's, funny, it's funny to watch people do it because, and, and what it's for is for building confidence. Of In other course. words, if, you're tra- if your energy is low and you're trying to build confidence, what I say to do is I say take 60 seconds or even even 20 seconds, and just brag as loud as you can, stand on a chair, yell and scream, pound your chest, whatever it is. And, and even in this drill, Cynthia, it's okay to make it up. Just You can totally lie. Mm-hmm. This one Because little voice in your head doesn't know the difference. But you say, I'm the greatest golfer in the world. I taught Tiger Woods how to be, blah, 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 all that stuff. And what happens is two things. First one is you have to override that little voice. In order to do it, you have to override the little voice that says, this is stupid, this is ridiculous, I was told never to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's value number one. So you override that one. The second thing is it brings your energy up tremendously. So you kind of, as Tony Robbins would say, you're acting as if. And now when you do that for 20 seconds, you've got blood in your face, you're feeling good. Now you need to make a sales call. Pick up the phone, make a sales call, and you'll swing back to a place where the real you is now there. Well, and you know, I've always agreed with this for, I don't know, ever since I've been teaching classes and I started with kids and, and then moved on to adults. But one of the things we always did the very last thing was everybody had to pound their chest and scream, I am the greatest, and then throw it out to the universe. That's right. And the interesting thing about screaming, I am the greatest, and pounding your chest like Tarzan, was that you actually leave feeling like I am the greatest. That's right. And it is sort of that, like that idea of put a smile on your face, even if you're not feeling it, fake it till you make it, because just the mere fact of doing the physical action changes the endorphins. It changes the chemistry in your body. Totally. And, and you know, then you can and, and, make that sales call that you're talking about. That's right. You know, and, and that proves the, the flexibility of your mind, the flexibility of your brain. If you feed it the right information, as simple as it seems, and what you're talking about is an affirmation, which, which, which is another great strategy to boost your own self-esteem, your self-concept, um, and that kind of thing. Like, like my current, one of my current teachers, a guy by the name of Mac Newton, he's a fitness coach. He's just the elite of the elite. And he always says, he says, when, when it's getting tough, just say, I like myself, I can do this. And there's days when I'm going, I like myself, I can do this, I like myself, I can do this. You know, it, but the, by doing it, you actually, whatever pain or fear, whatever's in your, in your head, it, it gets displaced by the affirmation. And then all of a sudden, in that moment, I'm going, oh, my God, it's easier right now. And that's, and that's how fast your brain, your body, your spirit all respond. Well, let's, I want to talk about one of the techniques that you have in here that is overcoming the I don't know how to do it syndrome. And what's 
fascinating is that, again, all of us, when we're presented with something, especially now in this very technological world, I hear people all the time say, oh, well, you know, I really should, you know, that should, could, would have, have a website, or I should do this, or I should do that, but I don't know how to do it. And then they don't want to take the time to learn it. It's like, I'm too old. Somebody told me this the other day, I'm too old to learn. And it's like, that's a, no, it doesn't matter how old the dog is. The dog is always willing to learn new tricks. But you you see, Cynthia, it's safe to say that, because once you do that, what you were saying before, you don't have to be accountable anymore. You could say, I'm too old, or I don't know, and you're off the hook. Now you, have, you can put yourself in a victim place where you say, well, some, or, or a place where you say, well, now somebody's got to take care of me. Somebody's got to do something for me. See, it's, a real, it's like in the old days, the old days of personal development, uh, they used to call that your winning formula. You know, you've got a winning formula that allows you to stay right where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, and that whole thing about I'm not smart enough, and, and, you know, what you do is you just repeat, I'm not smart enough because, because it's uh, Thursday. I'm not smart enough because my eyes are blue. I'm not smart enough because I'm a guy. I'm not smart enough because it's Scottsdale, Arizona, or whatever, until it just becomes ridiculous, and you start laughing, and you're going, that is pretty stupid. And now you say, so I can do it because, and then you make it up, and then you make up a whole bunch of reasons. Now all of a sudden you've taken the negative, you repeat what we call repeat it out, and make it almost absurd. Then you turn. Now that you've made it absurd, your uh, your acuity is higher. Your resiliency is higher. Now you say, now the reason I I can do this, or the reason I do deserve this, or whatever, is boom, 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 boom and the answers will come just as fast. Well, these are such good points, and everyone, when you're listening, and you go to the store, or you go online, pick up this book, Little Voice: Mastery How to Win the War Between Your Ears in 30 Seconds or Less by Blair Singer, and Blair is spelled B-L-A-I-R, because it really can change your life. This is something that we all deal with. Now, you are an expert in sales, Blair. When we can master this negativity that goes on, this chatter that's constantly there, how can it help us in our sale, you know, in, in our everyday life? Because I don't care what business we're in. Basically, we're all in sales, aren't everybody, we? I mean, we really are. Everybody all the time. We're having to sell ourselves first before anybody's going to buy anything from us. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, you hit the million-dollar question, and that is, you know, sales equals income. And whether that's financial income, psychic income, emotional income, health income, because the toughest sell of all, like we're talking about, is selling yourself to yourself. Right. It's kind of like, I need to go to the gym today. No, I'm too tired. No, get out of bed. You know, it's like that whole fight. So the idea is is that when I work with salespeople, the reason our sales partners get 85% increases in sales in a matter of weeks is because we work not only on selling skills, but we do drills and skills that, dr- that are designed to drive that little voice away that says, well, what if they don't like me? I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be this. I hate salespeople. All that stuff that stands in the way of you delivering your gift, of you delivering the true gift that you have to give to other people that will help them improve their lives, but you got a little voice that stands in the way of making that happen. If we get that out of the way, not only do you make a lot of money very quickly, but other people benefit immediately as well. And to me, that's always the key, is if we can look at everything we do in life as how can I benefit other people? How can I be of service? What is the gift that That's I right. have that sets me apart that is going to make a difference in the life of someone else? And when we change that 
whole, you know, dynamic of thinking that what I have to offer is a gift. That's right. Then it is a it's gift. it's not really selling. It really is generosity. And well, hopefully well, you you're something? doing it for the right reason. i got to tell you this. You'll appreciate this. I had a trainer, not a trainer, actually a teacher, a coach many years ago who gave, said one line to me. He said, Blair, greed is having a gift and not giving it. Mm. And I'm going, what? He goes, greed is having a gift and not giving it. If He goes, if you let your fear, your psychosis, your whatever, stand in the way of you delivering your gift to the world, you're simply being greedy and hoarding it to yourself. And I, and it, and I never, ever forgot that. That must have been 25 years ago. And you write about that in your book, too. And that, to me, is such an important line. You know, we have an, the ability and the responsibility to share our gifts. That's so whatever right. gifts you have out there, don't let that little negative voice, you know, stop you from being the best person you can possibly be and doing the best thing in your life. Well, I want to give out uh, your website so people can go again, and they should take that little quiz. And That's the website right. is blairsinger.com, B-L-A-I-R, and this book is Little Voice Mastery, and you can get it any you know bookstores, online, any of that. Leave us with a couple of pointers, would you, Blair, on how just, you know, for those of us who are always struggling with that little voice, I know I am always struggling with it. It's like, oh, like, put that voice away. <laughs> I know, I know. i got a whole chorus line between my ears. I don't oh, know about I you. like that, a chorus line. <laughs> I may adopt that. <laughs> But first of all, the pointer is this. First of all, go to, go to the website, take the diagnostic, because the first thing we know about this is once you're aware of what it is, you're already, you're already making changes. Number two is that know that you have one that's not necessarily you. And then when you, and if you can't think of anything else to do and you've got a plaguing thought, just out loud, just say, stop. Just interrupt it. Stop it. And then the next thing, the third thing I would say is to know that there's a moment in time when you feel big. There's another little voice where you feel like a legend in your own mind. There's a time when you, you, you close a sale, you do something, you just feel awesome and you feel big. That is the real you. And remember that and anchor on that one. And that is like the greatest tip ever because that helps with like a with super visualization technique. Finish with a win and then our whole lives can be more about that. Blair, you are just delightful. I can just see why you are so popular, and this is a great book, and how you're so successful in companies. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your enthusiasm and your passion right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. You are a star. Oh, well, thank you, Cynthia, and you are too, and thank you for changing the lives of so many people. Thank you, Blair. I hope that we can do this again. Me too. Blair Singer, his book, Little Voice Mastery. And after the break, we're going to talk to first-time author Ronnie Lombert. He grew up on the streets. He narrates his struggles and his successes in his book, Reverse the Curse. Stay with me. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming right back. You don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Be the star you are. You are the star. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thank you for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and listen, and we hope that you will go out into the world and become the stars that you were born to be. Well, we are today talking with, going to be talking with Ronnie Lambert. He has written a book called Reverse the Cure about his struggles, his triumphs. It's the account of a young, talented, quick-witted, charming, fearless man who comes from a broken home and learns about life by growing up on the streets. And this will help you, and it will highlight what it's like to live every day and wonder what the next step is going to be. Welcome, Ronnie, to Be the Star You Are. Thank you. At long last, we're able to schedule you on this program. Yeah, definitely. It's an honor and a pleasure. Well, thank you, Ronnie. I'm delighted to finally get to talk to you. Well, let's uh, get right, jump right into your book. First of all, I want to say congratulations. From reading your entire book and then getting to the last pages, it, you wrote in here that writing this book is one of the greatest things that you feel you have ever done. And, you're, you know, you need to be proud about that. Tell us about the journey to writing the book, because being an author is a, is a tough one, and writing the way you have written it, you know, in such very elegant prose, that is no easy task. Um, not at all, but it, it came from the heart. Uh, it was because I really wanted to share my life with uh, other people, and I wanted them to kind of see a certain reflections in themselves that made them, you know, kind of, you know, want to... Uh, kind of look at life in this whole spectrum instead of, uh, you know, maybe just the path they chose to take or or what else somebody else might have chosen to take. Well, you know, I, I would like that, what you're saying, and I want to kind of dive in there. Let's talk about your life and how you grew up, because it was challenging. It was tough. You uh, grew up with uh, a few moms, <laughs> And one father, and it was lots of struggles, and you spent a great deal of time on the streets, and then you had to learn to pull your life back so that you could be who you are today. So tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, exactly. Um, You pretty much uh, summed it up. Uh, I was... um... You know, I left home. Um, you, know, you know, you can read out why in the book, but I'm sure you already know. But right. I left home when I was uh, 14 years old, and um, and uh, was pretty much trying to uh, trying to find my my way and to trying to really just struggle to be happy and and to be successful. And um, 
I, the reason I say that it was uh, is writing this book is one of my greatest accomplishments is just because uh, the idea that I had was that I wanted to be I wanted to be real. Like a lot of people use that term nowadays, and uh, I, I wanted to kind of just put real at the the top of the atmosphere and to kind of put my life on the chopping block just to you know just to show people that I I am a real person and that I I really do have a good heart despite certain situations I've been in and uh and like I said the whole book was really just about my constant uh progress and work towards getting to a to a point where I was you know happy and that I was living my life better and that I was doing the things that that my good heart wanted me to do from the beginning well, one thing I think that people can take away from reading the book, we're talking to author Ronnie Lambert, Lambert, and the book is called Reversed the Curse, and he spells his name R-O-N-N-Y, and then Lambert, L-A-M-B-E-R-T. I think it can be an inspiration to people who have taken the wrong path to let them know that you can always pull back and get your life together, which is really what happened to you. You were... I really, at least I'm taking this only from reading the book, uh, that, you know, this sweet, charming, adorable little kid who got knocked around quite a bit ended up leaving home and getting into trouble. And you, you know, you were doing some thieving and got into the drug things and all of that, but yet you were able to come back from it, and all the time you still wanted to be a good person. You were just trying to find the way. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, just touching on what you were saying, um, that's pretty much uh, what what I, I would like to, you know, show people who have been in tragic situations, and whether it be uh, kind of relationship-related or, you know, drug-related or, or violence um, done to them or they've seen or any kind of bad situation that, is, uh, that has a person in a rut or really is kind of... Uh, weighing down on that person like there there's always a way out of it there's always a uh a sun on the other side of the spectrum and um our, our goal in life is to really push for and to really try to take more of the positives than we do the negatives out of things and um i really wanted to show people that um that you know just because people uh do certain things or act a certain way or even look a certain way that doesn't mean that they're bad people or they want to be bad people and i also want to show people that have done things that are are bad um that that you can change that you don't have to be like that you don't have to spend the rest of your life um you know just in turmoil you can actually have uh peace and happiness if you find it and uh you prioritize prioritize things right so um that's definitely what i was looking for well you know and that's very critical because there were some, I mean, you've went through some tough times. You moved around a lot. You lived in the Caribbean. You know, you were in Atlanta. You were moving. And sometimes you didn't even have a home to go to. Uh, and you were in and out of different relationships. And I think sometimes what happens is people give up. And one thing our listeners need to know is you're really young. You're, what, 28, 29? Yes, ma'am. Yes. So you are really you're you're still such a young man, and you're you're really growing, and you know becoming the person that you were meant to be. But what was the turning point for you in all of this? In in the struggles, in the in the you know the kind of the street the the street savvy. What was a turning point that really made you feel that 
I'm going to sit down and write about this to help other people. Or was this something you always thought you would do? Uh, actually, just a kind of um, self, um, self-published self books or books about, you know, our individual life is something that has kind of been tossed around in my family um, for a while. And, uh, you know, my mom had been talking to me, my birth mother had talked about it uh, since I was young. And it was just something that I, I kind of um, I kind of had the time to. Uh, I, it, it was kind of a turning point situation, and also I just got to that that piece in my life where I was ready to talk about it in in the right ways or in the ways that seemed right to me. Uh, I was uh, deaf. I was. I just got promoted at the um, corporate position I was working at with Delta, and uh, a lot of my past mistakes had uh, had kind of got you know overlooked or cleaned up or or didn't nobody really knew about them of you know of a mass magnitude and um I said I kind of really just wanted to I got to a peaceful place in my in my life where uh I just really felt like um I really felt like I wanted to give back and to uh you know for one let people know you know how I got to where I was at um but for two I also you know wanted to just uh connect with a lot of people and you know I do music and I write you know a lot of poetry throughout the book and everything so I I love connecting with people I think that was one of my gifts to the world as far as just being able to listen, being able to uh, understand and communicate effectively with all different walks of people. And I've always done that no matter what situation I was in. So um, I really wanted to use my writing ability to to actually do that. And um, as far as my my first book, I just felt like it, it, it was only right for me to kind of just put my life out there on the chopping block and just to kind of, you know, trying to just as, as a way to connect with people. So, um, and like I said, it was more so of me just being happy to be at that peaceful place and to try to let people understand more than anything else. Did you change the names of people in the book, or are the names the same? Uh, actually, I mean, I know that like, a... you have the name Wyatt. I mean, this is a you, – you changed some of the names, I imagine, because the, even your name is, is different in here. Yeah, I uh because um that that was the downfall that I that I encountered with it being that real and touching on so many people's lives that are connected to me and that was another thing on a side note, that's another thing that my book really goes into is just about relationships that we gather, whether it be from friends or family or the opposite sex or things like that. Um uh the relationships are really important and I kinda had to give a, a broad overview of the relationships that were important to me in order for people to kind of understand and feel the situations I was in as a whole. Um, so there were a lot of people's lives that were put on display, not just mine. And I didn't realize that when I first wrote it. I initially wrote it uh, just, I said, to to reach out and for people to connect with other people and things like that. But uh, as I found out, you know, I'm, I'm I grew up in Atlanta, and uh, I've uh, lived here most of my life, so um, I'm well in depth to, like, you know, the just natural, you know, community of Atlanta. And uh, it was kind of, you know, I kind of got a, a 50-50 effect from it. Some people were kind of, you know, yeah, this is me, you know, it's, I'm, I'm happy for you, you know, you're doing good. And some people was like, I don't know if I want people knowing all that about me. So um, I kind of had to, um, you know, pick my battles a little bit according to that and uh, just change some names around just so that that many people didn't feel like their life was uh, being invaded or their privacy was being invaded. Um, in, in all, I was just trying to tell my story and how it related to me. I wasn't necessarily trying to tell 
everybody else's stories, and it's up for them to decide whether they want their story told or not. And um, so that, that was more the reason I did it, just out of respect for uh, other people that may not want people to know certain things about them that, you know, they're not ready to release yet. You know, it's in, it's interesting, Ronnie, you say that, because I think that's the curse of every first new writer is we write what we feel, we believe it's for the common good, and we include true stories uh, that happen to us, which include other people. And some people don't want those stories told. <laughs> and I, I know I've had that experience as well. I think it's, it's about all of us. Tell us about the title. The title of your book is Reversed the Curse. Tell us yep. how you came to that title, what's the curse that you're, you are referring to, and how did you reverse it? It was, uh, the, the curse that I'm referring to is, um, and I, I brush on it uh, a, a lot throughout the book, but I still, in hindsight, don't think that I uh, brushed on it as much as I should have. So I'm, I'm really glad you asked me that question. Um, the, the, the curse is actually just having uh uh, being street orientated and having a street mentality, and um, you know, a lot of people have different views and opinions about it. Um, it, it. It is some good to have some kind of street smarts and street sense, but after you have that street smarts and street sense, that's pretty much where kind of it needs to to be. Just as far as in your mind, just as far as to help you to you know protect you from certain things, see certain things coming. But some people get so wrapped up into it and the different things around it that it makes them worse people or more evil people people than what they plan on being or even what they see themselves at while they're in that mentality um so more so i said i just the curse was actually just just being in a street frame of mind it, it kind of puts you in a mentality where you're always worried about getting over on people or you're worried about people getting over on you and you feel like everybody's against you and 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 it it, it, it breeds a lot of negative thoughts and um, so the, it, I guess what I was trying to say with the title was there, there's nothing wrong to have those things. You know, it definitely helps make who you are, but you definitely need to find a balancing act with it. Um, you definitely need to find some kind of common ground and, and don't live your life just that being you. Um, God made us in so many different ways with so many different talents that 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 is never, even in people that that are far gone with that mentality, they have so much to offer the world that they don't see it because they're stuck in that mentality. Um, so, and even people that are worried about other people in that mentality are kind of, you know, brought in by it. And, you know, um, so, yeah, I really wanted to show people, you know, that you can reverse it and you can make, you know, the the bad and the, the, the negative connotations with the street mentality into something good, into something positive, into something that can help the next generation or, or just, everyday people that you run into. You know, and the other thing that I take away from it too, Ronnie, that you have you have very eloquently stated is that you may go through this stage of be, you know, being that street wise and that street you know, wise guy, but the reality is you don't live a long and bountiful life that way. So it's really important to reverse the curse and exactly. to find something that you're passionate about and a way to make a difference. I know that you're working on a relationship book now that you hope to uh, strengthen other people's relationships and, you know, any part of life. So hopefully we'll be having you back on the show when that comes out. 
definitely. definitely. So let's send people to your website. And um, the book is called Reversed the Curse. The author is Ronnie Lambert. And the website is RonnieLambert.com, right? Yes, it is. RonnieLambert.com. And Ronnie has a Y. Do you want to give us a final, uh, kind of a sum up, a final message? Uh, sure. I, I would definitely, um, you know, I would definitely love for as many people um, who would just like to connect with other people or kind of see things um, for in their light or even maybe the next person's light that maybe you weren't aware of or didn't take into consideration. Um, just to to read it and to try to find yourself into it and other people in your life um, around it. Uh, I think it will help, you know, kind of bring a lot of relationships together. And uh, I think it flows a lot into my second uh, book, uh, Love and Relationships. Um, I, like you stated, I definitely want to help uh, better every relationship out there, whether it be mother-daughter, uh, sister-brother, uh, father-son, uh, wife-husband, boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, from And I want to touch on the different stages in each relationship. Uh, so I mean, a, a lot of life is about the relationships that you keep around you and about uh, just letting the relationships that are around you build you up to be the best person you can be and to well, be the most positive person. I really love the way you've changed your life around, and you did indeed reverse the curse, so you titled your book appropriately. This has been Ronnie Lambert, author of Reverse the Curse. Well, you know, thank you for coming on the show, Ronnie, and thank you so much for uh, shining and being an example for others, and we'll look forward to your next book. It's been a blessing. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Ronnie, and thank all of you for being great listeners and allowing us into your life each week. Make sure you are tuned in here to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with me, Cynthia Bryan, and, of course, Heather Brittany in our first segment. We like being your personal growth success coaches. You can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style, visit star-style.com. To make a donation or get involved with the charity, Be the Star You Are, to help women, families, and youth increase their literacy and positive media, Go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. If you did not get our newsletter that went out yesterday or today, send us an email, info at BeTheStarYouAre.org, and we'll get it to you. Our aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And, of course, we want you to read a book, and we hope that you'll read the books of the authors that we are showcasing Until next week when we celebrate again, I am Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of star style be the star you are we hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big overcome obstacles and realize your potential for further information visit www.starstyleradio.com 
Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then, be the star you are. You are.